and we are not powerless in the midst of any storm. We have options that the Lord gives us each and every day, but we have to have the faith to step out of the boat and take hold of Jesus and the options that he's given us. You see, we can do this because we have the Holy Spirit at our side. We can choose church to worry or we can choose Jesus Christ. We must understand that we are invited to walk on water, to go into a situation where there is no need for fear ever because the Lord is on your side. Church, pray with me. Most holy, loving God, Lord, right now, we're pausing in the midst of this worship just to say thank you, Lord, just to say hallelujah. And Lord, right now, I ask that you bless each and every person here and then, Lord, come back to this vessel filled with your daughter, Deborah. Lord, I ask that you touch my mouth, my mind, my heart, so that everything that is said this day will be all of you and none of me. So, Lord God, right now, I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. For you are, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all of those who love the Lord say, amen. Say hallelujah. Say amen again. Thanks be to God. You know, it was difficult trying to decide just what scripture, what text to choose for today coming right behind and on the heels of our beloved pastor's funeral. I prayed and prayed, and I have to tell you, I tried three or four things and said it would be one way, and then it turned out another. But the Lord told me, we need a story, a lesson on faith. We need a lesson on faith. See, faith is very simple, really. All you have to do is take that next step. You believe, and then what? You have to be willing to take that next step. Francis, our lay leader, Francis, read the scripture, and it is, when you think about it, it's an incredible story of faith. You see, a storm comes, Jesus walks on water, Peter walks on water, but not quite as well as Jesus. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus, becomes afraid, and he ends up sinking, and Jesus has to save him. Isn't that just like the Jesus that we serve? You may think you're down and out, but Jesus gives you a hand and say, get up. You're my child. You're not down. As I read the scripture and prayed over it, a song came to my mind, and the lyrics, part of them I want to share here. And it says, you'll never walk alone. It says, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. 
You see, I thought about these words because I suppose some of us can be afraid of the dark and some of us can be afraid of tomorrow because sometimes our safety net has been removed and we don't know about tomorrow. But the Lord said, let him worry about tomorrow and you just do what you need to do in the step of faith. can be afraid of the dark, but there is much that we've had to fear these past couple of years. You know, the coronavirus is still ever-present in our lives. When we think we can put it behind us, no, and then we also, to remind us, you must go get your booster, the updated version, to keep yourself protected. Hospitals are still besieged by people suffering from all kinds of ailments. Our babies are also crowding up the hospital. And then we have our children who were already behind, but in the midst of the pandemic, they're falling even further behind. Then we see all the time and hear the voices of those who are renting housing, risking eviction, and living in, living in squalor and unsanitary conditions, and I guarantee they are afraid. Then we have our businesses that have gone bankrupt while some remain boarded up, and others are trying to decide what will the next steps be. And then when that's not enough, we witness and hear about violent crime on the rise in this area all the time. We were terrorized by one person who just decided to go through the city and shoot up any and everybody. And if you didn't have some fear, I don't know where you were. We know that violent crime is on the rise here, but not just here, nationally. And we fear, though, if we tell the truth, it could reach our very own backyard. It could reach our neighborhood into our own homes. And we continue to be uncomfortable in this unsettling time as we view pictures and footage of the carnage taking place in the war between Ukraine and Russia, and we see bodies everywhere torn up from war. Fear is a powerful force in our lives, isn't it? It impacts our actions. It impacts our reactions to our current situations. Fear can make you not step out of your house. I love what the late Dr. Carl Marney said, a noted pastor and author, and he said that we must not ever forget that we live in a haunted house. You know the haunted house, our own body, our own mind, our own thoughts, our own feelings. These are the things that haunt us. Nobody has to walk up and say boo. You look in a mirror, you can say boo to yourself. <laughs> and that is why we have the lesson from Matthew's Gospel is so important to us. The story tells us about who Jesus is, in case you were not certain. 
See, notice Jesus did not change the circumstances of the disciples, did he? They remained in the boat. And the winds and the waves continued to batter them. And then there is a saying, though, that listen to this. While the winds and waves kept coming, sometimes God calms the storm. And sometimes he allows the storm to rage and calms the child. In this case, it is so often true in our lives. There is no simple fix or magical cure for a dire situation. I can't give you anything that you could do to get through this grief that you're going through. But I can offer you Jesus today, which is what he offered himself to Peter when he was walking on the water. We have to go through storms. And that is where our faith gets tested the most. When things are going well, we may rise up in the morning and say, thank you, Jesus, and keep going. We're going through something, and it's heavy, and you know you're getting ready to walk in a place that may make you feel like you in hell. Can I say that? Yeah, I'm saying that. Okay. <laughs> but still, we have to get up, and that's when we cry out to the Lord. But when you got good times, church, Hallelujah. times that you know was not something of your own doing, that's when you should shout hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, the most. Yes. Question is, do we all keep our eyes on Jesus during the storm? See, in our scripture lesson today, Jesus enters into their great need and he says to them, which I believe is the message for each of us today, and it's this, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid because God's got you. God's got you. And you know the song, he's never ever failed you yet, so don't think he's going to fail you now. This story tells us about the Jesus we can pray to and count on today when we find ourselves like the disciples in over our heads and feeling like we're about to drown in sorrow, stress, temptation, worry, fear, doubt, or sickness. But I suppose some of you haven't felt all of that. Because my question is, has anyone experienced some of those same feelings? I want to share a personal witness. In 2020, in the height of the pandemic, my husband became suddenly ill and had to go to the hospital and we dropped him off because he had to have a procedure that would impact his life, life-saving. We went on home and I was praying and shocked and numb, like, what's going on, Lord? And then when I thought that it couldn't get any worse, I got a call from the hospital saying, Ms. Smith, we need you to know we cannot wake your husband up. And so I said, what do you mean you can't wake him up? He went there, woke. <laughs> you know, when you're stressed, you say anything. But why you can't wake him up? What have you done? And they told me they had done everything. And they say even 
we tried to do Narcan to see if that would wake him up. I told the nurse, I said, I guarantee you, if you put that phone by his ear Hallelujah. where I could say something to him, Amen. he will wake up. Hallelujah. Then she said, let me see. She said, the phone won't reach. I said, that's okay. Where are you? She said, well, we're going to recovery. I said, I'm on my way. She said, but they aren't letting people in. You may not be letting people in, but when I get there, Jesus Don't will let me in. So I called my baby girl. She's here today. You know, baby girl, you have an elder and a baby girl. Okay. <laughs> called baby girl, and she said, well, what you going to do, Mom? I said, we're rolling, and I'm going to get in to see your dad. Amen. She didn't question. She drove up, and on our way to the hospital, I'm giving her our plan of attack. <laughs> I said, listen, when we get there, I know they're going to stop us at the desk. I said, but follow my lead. But whatever you do, if I start walking and keep walking, don't worry. Just stay where you are, and I'll find you on the way back out. Amen. Praise God. Sure enough, we walked in. They stopped us. Where are you going? But I'm going to tell you, the Lord has a sense of humor. See, they needed to be distracted because those were the gatekeepers. All of a sudden, the lady looked at baby girl whose hair was in a nice ponytail, and I suppose she looked like she could have been in 12th grade, 11th grade. And I say, don't move the car. They say, who's driving? I say, this one. She burst into laughter and started calling other people. Do you believe she's driving? Oh, no. I said, she's an educator. Oh, she got more tickles. While she was doing that, I said, listen, while she was tickled and distracted, I'm going on down here because I need to find my husband. She said, where is he? I don't know. They told me recovery, but when I get down here, I'm just going to find him. Yeah, yeah. So as I was walking off, I gave the baby girl a nod. And then as I was going, and I knew I was going into the darkness, I threw up my hands and said, stay the course. I'll be back and turn the corner. Walked into a group of health care providers in their PPE, the mask. I had a mask on, but there was no way I blended in with jeans and a rough dried looking shirt. I knew they would stop me, but nobody did. And so, I guess like Peter, I got scared. Because surely somebody will know that I'm out of place and will stop me. So, I sat down at a table withdrew actually and then all of a sudden I heard somebody say Dr. Smith and I looked recognized where the voice was coming from but I did not recognize the person and so he said what's going on and I shared I said but I need to get up I understand he's in ICU now I need to get up there he said I'll walk with you I'll walk with you. He walked with me, and another one of his colleagues joined us. And we got in the elevator and went directly to the ICU where my husband was supposed to be. And the people, and they left me, like, okay, you got it. I'm saying, I haven't even gone in the ICU. I don't, are they going to turn me around? 
So I walked in and I said, good evening. They said, where did you come from? <laughs> I said, out of the elevator, but I'm here to see my husband. I'm here to see my husband because I understand he, you can't wake him up. They said, well, he's kind of drowsy. I said, get him here. When he's come down, I'm not going anywhere. She said, well, you'll have to wait. I stood by the desk like this, okay. <laughs> they brought him in, and sure enough, they had some kind of breathing thing on him. They got him settled, and I did. I walked over to his bedside, and I said, Eddie, this is a time for you to wake up. Hallelujah. To wake up. I saw him move a little bit, and I said, Eddie, in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare it's your time to wake up. I watched him. He turned. I said, Jesus says, wake up. I whispered in his ear, Jesus says, wake up. He opened his eyes. He opened his eyes. He looked at me. And then he looked around. I said, everything is okay. I said, but the nurses say you need to stay awake. So after that, they said, well, you can't stay. You need to go. So I whispered something to him. And I said, well, Lord, this situation is clearly in your hands. It's, it's not mine. But you need to keep him awake all night. Again, the Lord has a sense of humor. So the next day, they told him I could come back and visit him because it seemed like they figured out they weren't going to keep me out anyway. <laughs> and when I went there, my husband said, did you see how everybody's looking at you? I said, why? Oh, we had a lot of action in this room last night. I said, what happened? He said, you know, when I was lying in this bed, I saw a lizard and a rat fighting it out over there behind that wastebasket. <laughs> I said, what? And he repeated it. And I called the nurse to come in and get it out of here, call somebody. And you know, she came in here scared too. She wouldn't even come all the way in. Because <laughs> I was so convinced. He said, because I told her there's a lizard and a rat over there fighting it out. That's what he watched and kept watch over all night. That was nothing but God. He needed to be awake. He needed to be alert. And if you know my husband, you got to be absolutely certain he's not going to let a rat and a lizard take him out. So, Jesus hears us. Even when we may lose it a little bit our faith. And this story clearly tells us, and I give witness to this, that he hears the cry of the frightened. Jesus hears the cry of the weary, the overwhelmed. Jesus refuses to leave us alone ever. He tells us to take heart. Not because the situation is going to change all of a sudden, but because Jesus is there to offer his strength, his support, his guidance, because he reassured the disciples and all of us here today when he says, do not be afraid. Centenarians, do not be afraid. 
family and friends, do not be afraid. All is well with Pastor Roger Hobson, but is it well with you? All is well. He said, do not be afraid because we are not alone and we are always in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. But if we tell the truth, we do become afraid sometimes, don't we? We do have doubts sometimes, don't we? See, if you recall the creation story in the book of Genesis where we know that Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit and they knew that God would search for them and they attempted to hide, but God finds them and asks them the question, why are you hiding? And you know Adam's response, because I was afraid. I believe this story laid the framework for that fear because fear is so basic to who we are as human. And it goes all the way back to the beginning of our time. To be human is to experience fear. No one is exempt, no matter how big and bad you might be. And there seems to be no limit to our fears. You can't say, I got one fear, two fear, cap it off, I'm done. There's no limit. Sometimes we feel like or act like we are afraid of everything. We are afraid of ourselves sometimes. And you say, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. Because I've heard too often somebody might say, you better watch me. I don't trust myself right now. We get afraid of ourselves. We are afraid of people. You know, people who may look a little different from us. People who may look a little suspect. And why would they look suspect? It's because we said, you look suspect, so therefore I'm scared. I'm crossing over to the other side of the street. We are afraid of change. We don't like to change, do we? Some of us are even afraid of the future. But if God is here with us now, God is already in the future waiting for us to catch up. Some of us are afraid of the past because we know maybe a slip of the tongue, a slip of one action, the past will catch up with us and reveal the secrets we've been hiding. Then some of us are even afraid of life. We're afraid of life because we don't know what's out there. We know that a lot of bad things can happen to us and we just don't know. And some of us are afraid of death. We pray, we say hallelujah, we know Jesus. But some of us are afraid of death. You see, every person, every Christian must fight for his own life and fight all of those fears that stop you from enjoying the fullness of life. The fear that in the midst of the storm in our lives, we will be overcome is what slows us down. Lord, what if I don't make it through this? What if she doesn't make it through this? I'm talking about the ability to stay on top of the water when there's so much junk in the water that might pull us down, engulf us, and take us down. We have junk in our water. And this is not a new idea. Fear will sink us every time. You see, when Peter had faith, he walked on water. When he had fear, he sank in the water. The same is true for us today. If you say you believe that Pastor Hobson is in a better place and you say he's happy for us and he's probably dancing a jig knowing that we're gathered here today, then 
Why don't you believe that the Lord will see you through and you too can walk on a proverbial water? Is there any fear that is gripping and controlling your decision making today? What is keeping you bogged down? What is keeping you tied up? You see, fear not. This is mentioned in the scripture more than any other human emotion, fear not. You don't believe it? Let's see. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no what? Evil. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Surely it is God who saves us. Let us trust in him and not be afraid. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. Fear not, those who kill the body cannot touch the soul. It is I, do not be afraid. Could we use that word from the Lord today? As we greet the passing of Pastor Hobson, and even some of us, uh, have a fresh renewal of grief that we were already dealing with? Fears and doubts too often bind us. They hold us captive. That's why we look at Simon Peter. Fear took him down. Peter is stepping out of the boat into the storm, trying to imitate his master Jesus walking on water. And he's successful for a moment, but the situation gets the best of him. He takes his eyes off Jesus. You know how things are going well and all of a sudden you have this inflated ego, look at what I did and it's going great, and you take your eyes off of Jesus. And that's when Peter realized, I'm scared. I'm sure enough scared out here. And he began to sink. You know, I can hear God whispering in Peter's ear with my holy imagination. Peter. Quit letting your imaginations magnify your fears. The storm is furious, but I'm greater still. But recall that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He said that in 2 Timothy. But a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. And we are not powerless in the midst of any storm. We have options that the Lord gives us each and every day but we have to have the faith to step out of the boat and take hold of Jesus and the options that he's given us you see we can do this because we have the Holy Spirit at our side we can choose church to worry or we can choose Jesus Christ we must understand that we are invited to walk on water to go into a situation where there is no need for fear ever because the Lord is on your side. I believe we walk on water every time we dare to reach across the divide and let someone know that he or she is not alone in despair. Have you seen somebody hurting and you know they're in pain? Did you walk on water to reach them, to say, I see you, you're not alone. You're not alone. See, we walk on water through a storm and we're said to hold our heads up high. You walk on water 
every time you go and tend to the needy, the confused, those who are hurting, those who are lonely, those who don't know where their next bite of food is coming from. So I challenge you to be like Peter, the first part. But we're going to act like the second part eventually. We're going to step out of the boat, our simple step of faith. And we're going to walk. And when something frightens you, when you're fearful and you're unsure about what will happen next, I want you to refocus on Jesus, who is right there in front of you and beside you. I know this because remember, we heard yesterday in scripture that the 23rd Psalm promises us, for surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. That's why when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of a storm, there's a golden sky and the sweet silver song of a lark. Walk on. Walk on with hope in your heart and you will never, ever walk alone. And listen, listen to your heart and hear Jesus' gentle voice saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to share your joy. Do not be afraid to let your tears fall. Do not be afraid to say, I am hurting, and I want you to not be afraid to walk beside somebody that you don't know and just touch them and say, I got you because God's got you. Do not be afraid. I thought about our civil rights leaders. Wondered, how did they do that? They were beating them with batons, dogs biting, water holes, and they still kept going. Surely, they must have heard that voice say, do not be afraid, for I got you. I will be with you till the end of time. Walk on. Walk on. Walk on. You will never walk alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God.